Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we take a look at the wide receiver position and who might be making that final 53-man roster. It's also What If Week on SB Nation, so we take a look back at what could have happened if some things had gone a little bit differently in Patriots history. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Bags, we are back, and uh, it's another week, hopefully closer to football season. Closer to football season. How about closer to just some sort of normal life? I'm getting antsy, yeah. Pat. I'm getting antsy. I hear thee. I hear uh, you, man. Hey, at least uh, the golf courses are open, right? Yeah, I said I wouldn't complain anymore because they were – so I can't complain. <laughs> um, played today. Uh, I'm going to play this weekend. So I'm happy, obviously, it gives us something to do. But, uh, yeah. you know, under 1,000 here in Massachusetts for, I think, four, three or four straight days. Obviously, recording on good. Wednesday. Uh, that's good news. Um, so we, we're trending in the right direction. I think this stuff um, could be over with soon, hopefully. Um, but now the focus turns to football and what they're going right. to do and are they going to be fans. And, well, I guess time will tell. I really – with just the way this stuff has dragged on, I really can't see it, at least for the first couple games. I, I want to be – I want them to, but I, at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking – smart here like it just doesn't seem right right now it really right. doesn't i know it's a long ways away but who knows no i just you know i mean the thing is right is that you know we're talking about cutting down on things and you know and safety of everyone and, and then you're talking about packing sixty five thousand fans in a Gillette stadium and you know and look gillette has three times the area that that foxborough stadium had so you have a lot more room but you're still on top of each other right you're still within really close confines with a ton of other people at the same time walking in walking out all that stuff so just being there and, you know, seeing what goes on, it's just, it's not, I, I just don't see how it's realistic to get fans back in anytime soon. Now, That's maybe by the end of the year, hopefully, but I just don't, I just don't see, I don't see how, based on what they've been doing now, maybe this just goes away magically in the summer. I don't know. Right. But like beyond, beyond something short of that happening. I just don't see how, you know, based on the way we've handled this so far, I don't see how they open it back up to, you know, 65,000 fans in the stadium. It just doesn't make any sense to me, you know. Now, maybe you say, 
okay, we can only have, you know, half the fans and they do a random drawing and half. I was just going to say, how would they do that? I don't know. You know, know? like odd, would they do like odd number seats for the first home game and even number seats for the, but then like, it's tough. You you can't go with someone you you sit with because you're too, you know what I mean? And see, that's the thing. You'd have to pick like based on, you know, okay, these groups of two can go. And then this group of four can't go. And then this, you know, and, and that the amount of work that would be involved in doing that, I just don't know if it's feasible. So we'll see. I don't know. It's a long way off I, right now. I'm just hoping that they play the season and yeah, then I think they will, if fans are there, great, you know, but we'll with, see what with happens. With everything I mean, going on and, and like yeah. free agency was not delayed. The draft was not delayed. Right. Um, you know, they're having an off season. Obviously it's a virtual Signs point that they're going to play. And I think they right. will. It's just a matter of will it be yeah. how we're used to. But at this time, beggars can't be choosers, man. I'll watch cricket right that's now it. if I could. No, <laughs> I that's, that's it. You know, but I really would watch anything. Yes. And I'm very interested to see what happens, uh, you know, when you start to look at the uh, Major League Baseball and possibly the NBA coming back. And we talked about this last night. Right? Remember I called yeah. you? I was like, they right. need – they need the MLB, the NBA, whatever. Really, the MLB because they have they haven't started right. their season. They need them to open up and almost as like a test. Like if exactly. they can get through and have yep. this under control, no positive tests, they keep the players safe. It's a green light for all the other leagues to get going. And the exactly. MLB needs to step forward. Obviously, they, I haven't really been following it as much. I don't follow baseball as much as I used to, but uh, I think the MLBPA and the and the MLB have been going back and forth trying to find something. I think the is to start after the all-star break would have and have like an 82 game season which i think would be awesome and i think that's how obviously off topic i think that's how many games they should play in baseball in general 162 is too many yeah and I this agree. could be a, a test for it be like oh players really liked it obviously their salaries might go down and all that stuff but right that's really it i think the mlb needs to get going and kind of show that this thing can be under control and get these right. leagues going i don't know the nfl can they be the first one to do it? Yeah, but I think it'd be a lot of moving pieces and a lot of I testing. I agree 100%. To go, yep, to go I with agree it, 100%. So. so, all right, let's move on to uh, to to this year, um, to this the, the team, okay? Now, before we do that, we're going to look back. So, wide receiver, we're starting with wide receiver because there's, there's a lot to talk about at wide receiver, um, and I think there's a lot of kind of interesting positions, uh, interesting players here. Yeah, we should And so, should let's talk about it. what... Well, what we're going to do for the, for the off season. Obviously it's going to be, yeah, tall, it's a good right? call. Go ahead. You take it. Right. All right. So, so we're going to do something very similar to what we did as far as draft coverage is concerned. And, you know, when we did the draft coverage, we looked at a specific position and players that we thought were fits for, you know, for the Patriots and, and talked about them. And so we're going to do a similar thing here where we're going to take a look at, at one position and kind of do a deep dive into a position and who we think is going to make the team and who we think could have a, a real impact uh, on the roster at that spot. Okay, so we're going to look up and down the roster. We're going to start tonight with uh, with wide receivers. Because, again, like I said, I think that that's, that's uh, really a position of need for the Patriots, but also a real, real position of flux because even though they didn't draft any wide receivers, you see some of the undrafted guys that came in um, you know, that we think might be able to help. And so there's a lot of kind of interesting pieces here that I think we can have a good – solid discussion about it and then we'll we'll kind of jump off it from there yeah it's, and it's a it's a competitive group like you said they didn't draft anyone but i think it's a super competitive group right they have a lot of guys itching in in um trying to show their worth in a sense for 2020 
right? Or 20, yeah, 2020 yeah. season. Um, Harry, who right. came, missed 10, the first 10 weeks. Jacoby Myers, who showed promise as a, as a UDFA. Mohamed Sanu played great in the first two games, got hurt. He seems to be healthy. I know the boot's off. He's coming in six and a half million dollar cap hit. Is he a cut guy that, that needs to get through right. camp? Edelman's old. And you got the guys like Jeff Thomas and Will Hastings and guys like that, that it's a super competitive group, man. I mean, say what you want about the position. Um, I think they definitely should have upgraded at it, but I just, you know, maybe the, it wasn't really great free agents out there. Maybe they didn't right. find their guy through the draft. Um, but it, it, there's a, it, it's going to be a tough group come camp and I hope they have a training camp. I hope it's open to the public. Probably not, but um, it, so, it'll be yeah, interesting so. to see in August and July what, what, uh, what happens yeah. with that position. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So before we, before we talk about this year, let's take a look back at last year. And so the wide receiver group that they brought on the initial 53 man roster, they had six official wide receivers on the, on the 53 man roster, I guess seven, if you want to count Matthew Slater, but we're not, we're just going to say he's not a wide receiver, even though he's obviously on the depth chart as a wide receiver. We know he doesn't play wide receiver. So uh, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Gunnar Olszewski. Now, on the pup list was Cameron Meredith, okay? So he was on the pup list. Now, he never came off the pup list. The Patriots released him before he ever played a game for the Patriots, but he was there as well. Uh, Demarius Thomas, they had released basically so they could get Nikhil Harry onto the 53-man roster and put him on IR. Because again, you know, just the intricacies with the with the uh, the IR, if you go on the IR before the 53-man roster, you're done for the year, right? That's what happened to David Andrews. He was done for the year. They put him on IR before the initial 53. In order to be eligible to come back, you have to be on the initial 53, which is what Nick, they knew Nikhil Harry's going to be out. So they said, let's put him on the initial 53. We'll throw him on IR. Then he can come back later, which is what he did. So uh, in this case, even though it was six, it's really kind of like eight because they were, they did bring back to Marius Thomas. Now, of course, they ended up trading him to the Jets, but they did bring him back at, at a certain point, And that was the plan all along kind of course they ended up with Antonio Brown and that you know we all know how that ended but but that's where they started with the 53-man roster so you're looking anywhere between six and eight players and I think you're going to see something uh you know something similar this year right you go through the locks right Edelman lock Nikhil Harry lock right 100% Muhammad Sanu like you said now I think he's a lock but that's a pretty big cap hit, and they do need cap space. Now, he's not going to be a cut right now, but he could be a trade candidate be, you know, before training camp is over. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I think Jacoby Myers is probably a lock. I, I think, think so, yeah. And then the last guy is Demir Bird. Now, he could surprise some people. I think that he has a lot of speed, brings a lot of speed to the position. I think they like him a lot. Um, I think he, he could, he's pretty close to a lock in my eyes. Now he may not be, but he's pretty close to a lock in my eyes. If that's the case, that's five guys right there. So now you're talking about three more guys that they got to find to fill out the rest of that roster. And like you said, Spags, there's a ton of guys kind of vying for, uh, vying for spots. I think the odd man out from last year is Gunner. I, I don't see a, a path to Gunner making this team. I don't think it makes any sense unless, the rest of the guys just wash out, you know. If if Quincy A, Adibuje or whatever the hell his last name is, if he stinks, which I, I think he kind of stinks, he might be a you know a special teams guy. If he stinks, if Jeff Thomas stinks, if Will Hastings stinks, if Zuber and Sean Riley they all suck, 
then Gunner maybe can make it. Outside of that, I'd be shocked if Gunner was on this team. Yeah, I mean, it. he was, and it was awesome. It was an awesome story for him, right? Coming from Bemdiji State and uh, yeah. played D2 ball and um, played some big snaps. He got some time Thursday night game versus the Giants, returned some punts. I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, that's a guy who'll probably get picked up. Yeah. You can't practice squad him. He'll probably find his way on some team. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think those guys are locked for me. Harry, Edelman. Uh, I think Myers is a lock. I think they really like him. I think the Stidham connection I had tweeted out today, he was 15 for a buck 82 and a touchdown with him in the preseason. Those two were on. I know say what you want about the preseason, but those two were really, really good. And he had caught yep. 26 balls for 300 plus yards as a, as an undrafted rookie last year at a position that really sucked. Um, that's a guy who I think they have high hopes for. Right. So I think that's, that's three guys right there. I agree with you with Sanu I think right now um given the the veteran need at at the position um he's probably a lock and I think they liked what they saw I mean we've been saying for years he was a patriot like he would fit so well here right. and he did really well Cleveland five catches for 53 yards then he goes to Baltimore balled out I mean they played a lot of hurry up and he was hot they, mm-hmm. they played a lot of soft coverage on him and he was really good out of the slot that game and then he gets hurt in the punt return versus Philly and uh just couldn't figure it out but uh, I think right. those four guys are safe. Uh, like uh, you know, Demir Bird is a burner, and that's a they need a ton of speed at that position. That's something they lacked all last year. He's a guy I look right. to that can help change that uh, play outside, play inside type of guy. And then, like you said, those last three spots. Uh, I love Jeff Thomas. I know you've been pulling him since we really started talking about the draft and say we want about his off field stuff and and everything. I'm sure he'll get it that straightened out. He's a guy who can play in this league. And you yep. know they love the undrafted guys. I think he's definitely a favorite um, to to be that guy to make the team, right? I mean, obviously things can happen in camp, and then you got Stidham's slot receiver from Auburn, Will Hastings, and and Riley from Syracuse, and Ross and Zoo. so those guys. I mean, you know, I don't. I think those guys are probably on the outside looking in the whole time. But really, the the you know, for me, it's those four locks, and then it's wide open from there. Right. No, you're right. And the Sanu thing, the other thing to consider about Sanu, they gave up a second round pick in this year's draft for Muhammad Sanu. Right. Now that pick, you know, was somewhere in the fifties or whatever. And and maybe it wasn't a great pick, but it doesn't matter. They, they really committed an asset to Muhammad Sanu. So unless he's really terrible or you're going to get something really good back, even if you're not going to resign, him, it just makes sense to keep him for another year. Like, What do you get to lose? You know, you gave up a lot to get the guy. So you might as well have him play. And if you like the way he played, and and to your point, he was pretty damn good before he hurt his ankle, right? And he toughed it out and he gutted it out and he played he played through an injury, right? And so is he a number one receiver? No, but is he a competent two, three? I think so. And so I think yes. for the Patriots, it makes sense that you, you look at it and say, unless something really goes wrong and he's just terrible, I think it. I think it's pretty safe to to assume he's going to be on the roster. Now, the other guy we didn't talk about is Marquise Lee, and Lee is yep. a guy who has has put some production on the field when he can stay on the field. He's just been yep. hurt so much. I think it's three that he games hasn't. the last two years, something like that. Yeah, crazy he's like done. That. He's played like basically nothing, and I think that that's really the biggest issue. But if you look at you know look at the type of player he is, I think that for him at least. He could come in and carve out a role if 
again, if he can stay healthy. I mean, like, who the heck knows what's going to happen? But, I mean, you look at his stats. Yeah, he played 14 games in in, uh, 2017, and he played six games in 2019. And that was it. He had three catches last year. So, you know, he had four targets and three catches in six games. So, like, he didn't really do anything, right? He missed all of 2018. Um, But, again, 63 catches in 2016, 56 catches in 2017, and then he misses 2018 and really doesn't play at all last year. So, you know, a lot of injury problems, a lot of injury questions about Marquise Lee. But if he could come into camp and be healthy, he could be the type of guy that they're looking for, you know, as that like fourth wide receiver type player. And when you, you know, looked and- at it too, when you looked at that signing, you it screamed Demarius Thomas from last year. Obviously, Demarius right. Thomas has had a much uh, better career and had a and lot it, more. And he's production. older. Yeah, right. yeah, older. But it's a guy that's shown promise, shown he can play and be a competent player in this league. However, the last few years, just the injuries have racked up. So, hey, let's take a flyer on this guy cheap. If you come into camp and you still got the juice and you can play, like you're going to have a spot on this team. But, you know, if, if he can't get it together, can't stay healthy, doesn't have the same jump, it's not – you're right. not losing any sleep cutting a guy like that. So, Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a good point. And I just think, too, like for me personally – when you start looking at uh, Jeff Thomas, and I think Tom, what's what's really interesting about Jeff Thomas, you look at the you know the list of guaranteed money the Patriots gave. Jeff Thomas is dead last on the list of guaranteed money that he got from him and Nick Coe. Yep, and so what that tells you right there is that tells you what they what the Patriots thought about him number one, and what the rest of the teams in the league thought about him number two, because he's not taking a pay cut to come with the Patriots, right? He's he's taking less money because that's the only thing that's out there. And, you know, obviously it's the in it's it's the off field concerns that people have on the field. Great. You know, we we love the way he plays on the field, but off the field, he's a mess. Right. And he has been a mess. And so there's a lot of question marks there. But with the speed that he brings. And really the the route running ability i thought you know you see it at miami and you're like my goodness this kid looks like a stud you know and and again the five, five star out of high small. school five star right. out of high school right and he's a sm- he's small but i mean if he can figure it out and put it together man like he could be a good player and he brings an element of punt return and kick return as well which is nice because they need that now maybe Duggar's the punt returner i don't know but you know, I think Thomas could do that as well, you know. And by the way, Demir Bird, before last year, had 12 career catches. Put together 32 catches for 359 yards on touchdown last year for Arizona. That's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. And again, he's not, you know, let's not get it twisted here. He's not like unbelievable. But I could see Demir Bird coming in and being that David Patton type of guy where Patton came in and everyone was like, all right, whatever, David Patton, like who the hell is that guy? And he comes in and he and he played fantastic for the Patriots down the stretch, made a ton of huge catches. Obviously had that crazy game against Indy where he caught, ran, and threw a touchdown pass. Um, you know, and and had a lot of things going for him. And I could see Demir Bird doing something similar because he's a similar player to Patton in the fact that he has that speed, um, you know, that Patton had as well. And so I've, I don't know if he's as advanced of, as a route runner as uh, as Patton was, but. Nevertheless, I could see maybe that kind of uh, that kind of thing coming from Amir Bird, just like, who the hell is this kid? Like, where'd he come from? All of a sudden, he's pretty yeah. good, you know. And so, so we'll see. Uh, but I think, I think if if you're telling me right now, I had to pick six, it's going to be Harry Edelman, Bird, Sanu, 
Myers, and and Jeff Thomas. And then I think I think you can throw on Lee if he's healthy. I think you can throw on Lee, and that's seven. And if they keep eight, then maybe it's Hastings. Maybe even Gunner slides in there. But like, and maybe there's someone else. You know, maybe they're not done. I don't know. Maybe they make a trade for someone or something like that. But but outside of that, I think that those that's pretty solid. I think it's pretty solid. You know. Yeah, and and looking forward to like now now we're talking about guys who really. I did make that a little comment earlier. I am super super excited for Nikhil Harry this year. Um, I have never seen a player in really like in my life covering the team and covering football get so much hate and be ruled such a bust after playing in I think it was what six or seven games. Like it's ridiculous, and and they're bringing him in in a complex system, a complex offense with an aging quarterback who's clearly unhappy. Okay, throwing him the football. Visibility. Nikhil Harry is a guy that needs the ball in space and can use his legs and and big body, you know, to get open and make plays in the open field. And you saw that a little bit down the stretch. He took that touchdown versus the Chiefs, took a little uh, jet sweep versus the Bills and turned it into 15 yards. They started to use him in the right ways. And you saw versus Cincy, it played himself, created several. I think they weren't using correct way. And I think that's a mixture of kind of the role coming in midseason, trying to catch up and be the deemed the successor to the position because nine, 10 weeks in, they had got nothing out of that position. And everyone's like, Oh my God, Harry's back. He's a savior. No way. Like, no way. I don't right. care if he's a first round pick, six round pick, whoever it is. You can't, it's so hard to do as a 21 year old kid. Now he gets yeah. the foot King. I don't know his name, but he's on, he's working with, Lamb and Nicole Hardman, all these studs. Um, And you get a younger quarterback in there now with Stidham. I don't think the offense will change that much. And, and, you know, it'll be a different playbook, but I think it'll be dumbed down a little bit more and allow these younger guys like Harry and like Myers to succeed a little bit because they can relate to a guy like Stidham where Brady played at such a high level, played at such an elite level. He was so smart that it was almost – really tough for these young guys to come in right away and pick it up. I mean, you saw veterans even catch balls because they were figured they were to be, you know? Right. Well, I think that that's the biggest thing, right? When you start looking at, you know, the, the young guys and the apprehension that they have of, of playing with a guy like Brady, you know, and, and, you know, really Brady's inner circle, right? Which he's like, so much pressure. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I'm going to throw to you because you're, because I can, I know I can trust you. I don't care if you're open or not. I know I can trust you, so I'm looking your way. And look, I mean, 50% completion percentage when he's throwing to Harry. 24 targets, 12 receptions. Not great. Okay, they weren't on the same page a lot. But again, like you said, man, he missed the he missed the first half of the year. And I know he had training camp, but he only had one preseason game. One. And he looked pretty darn good in that one preseason game against the Lions. But he had that one preseason game. And then after that one preseason game, then it's like, well, then he had nothing. Then it's like we're done, you know, and and that's unfortunate because now you yeah, start looking yeah, at it and mistaken. saying like he was shut down pretty much the rest of camp after that. So he like he, he didn't have much, man. Yeah, that was, was the injury, hurting. right? That was the injury. Yeah. So so you start you start looking at it and saying, okay, he didn't get a ton of time, you know, in the in those preseason games even to get to get work in, and then he doesn't have any, you know. Then now you're talking about we're halfway through the season, 
and you're working guys in, and now all of a sudden he's getting thrown into the offense. It's just not, it's not feasible to think that he would come, you know, come into his own. And so, you know, hopefully with full off season, and like you said, man, Stidham is going to be learning the offense too. Obviously he needs to know he can trust the receivers, but it's not at the level that Brady's at. And I think, I think your point is so good because it's like Brady, Brady's doing, you know, AP calc, right? And these kids are doing, you know, algebra one. And it's like, well, you know, it's like, hey, we're trying. I'm trying my best. But like, you know, I'm I'm not AP Calc yet. Like, I just can't, you know. And so and so I think that that's like that's one of those things where it's like they're just not there yet. And because Stidham is going to be learning the offense as well, they can learn together and grow together. And then they can build that offense around they can build the offense around each other. Right. And grow together. And I think that that's, that's a huge, a huge thing. And then, of course, they'll have Edelman who, you know, is that guy and has been that rock for years. And, of course, they can rely on him as well. But I think having, you know, I think their top four is going to be okay. And that's why people are freaking out about it. And I really think their top four is going to be bad. You know, you look at it, it's like, oh, my God, Nikhil Harry. And they have Edelman as their, like, when you look at it on paper, man, like, Muhammad Sanu, if he's, you know, 75% of what he was in Atlanta, I'm taking him as a three. Because Nikhil right. Harry's, when, when you know, given a full camp and a full year under his belt, learning the playbook, he's a he's a great number two. I'm sorry, I'll tell you right now. Like, I'm, I'm completely okay with that. Give this kid 100-plus targets this year and see what he can do. Sink or swim, man. Like, this is your year. Yep. You know, Brian and, Phillips. And, uh, we'll mention Brian Phillips yeah, again. He tweeted that out. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm with him. You know, I'm with yeah. him. Just throw, like you said, throw him the ball and just see what happens. Because at a certain point, you draft him in the first round. Like, let's go. Just freaking get him the ball and see what happens, you know? Yeah, and it's using him to the best of his ability. And then you get Myers as a four, who I was – I was, I mean, dude, like, he was their – off. I know they didn't have many offensive guys play um, – uh, not as many rookies play offensively, but he was their offensive rookie of the year for sure. For sure. Um, yep. You know, like, obviously he screwed up sometimes on some routes, and that's where that kind of that intimidation factor and not being on the same page as Brady – um, comes in, but if Jacoby Myers is your four with Jared Sinem as your quarterback, I'm totally okay with that. And then, like you factor in guys like Demir Bird and guys who can shuffle in and play in different packages and do all these kinds of things. Their right. their wide receiver corps, if healthy and improves from last year, like we hope they will, will not be as bad as you think. I'm sorry, they won't. Right, I agree, and I think that that's why they didn't target a wide receiver. And I know this is a wide receiver heavy draft class. And I know people wanted to go after, and we wanted to go after wide receivers. Like we talked about it. You know, we're looking at KJ Hill and we're looking at um, T Higgins and all these other guys. And we're like, man, these guys would be great in the Patriot system. But they looked at the system and they said, look, we have enough right now. We'll bring in some guys that we think can help later on. But like, we have enough right now. Like we'll let's, we'll be fine. And then let's go from there. And so, you know, so we'll see. Look, I'm excited about it. I think it's it's going to be an exciting group. I'm really interested to see what happens because that's the big thing, right? That's the big question mark. And and as much as there's not a ton of question marks as to, as to who's going to make the team, how they're going to play is going to be one of the most interesting storylines of the year because that's going to be really fascinating because you look at it and say, okay, how does Nikhil play? How does Myers play? How does Sanu play? You know, like, and, and how does Edelman play without Brady? And, and so that, that's a question that we've never found the answer to either. And so, you know, I think Edelman, I'm not really worried about how Edelman plays, but, but the point is, is that we've never seen Edelman without Brady. And so it's going to be interesting to see if, 
Stidham can develop that same relationship, you know, that Brady had with, with Edelman as well. And, and that same, you know, kind of understanding where they're going to be. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really fascinating position to look at. And there's a lot of talent there, I think. And I'm very excited to see what happens. And so I like the fact that we started with wide receiver because that's why. And I think that's, you know, this is a really interesting position to look at. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the wide receivers for this year, I think. Yep. That's it. Now let's get into that. What if, um, I think we yes. could have as great as it's been the last 20 years, we have a ton of them, not a ton oh, of them, not as many as others. Um, yeah, but there's definitely but there's, certainly there's quite some. a few. Um, I like the one you brought up. I guess we'll start on this one. We got two for you. Um, what if Brady didn't get hurt in 2008? Um, they go 11 and five. Matt Castle just missed the playoffs. I think they tied. They had the same record as the Dolphins that year, who ended up winning Dolphins, the AFCs. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then lost a tiebreaker. Obviously, didn't make the playoffs, but you had the same team that you went 18 and one with. Uh, pretty much, pretty right. much the same team. Um, if he yeah. doesn't get hurt, are you looking at another? Right. Well, right to the Super Bowl, like probably. Yeah, and that 08 season, you know, they had, uh, they were good. They were a good team still, you know, and that defense was still good. The offense was still, I mean, like firing on all cylinders. I mean, look at Moss. Uh, Moss's numbers that year were ridiculous, and again, he's catching passes from Matt Castle, you know. But Moss in 08, okay, uh, had 125 targets, but 69 catches, a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns, like. He had a pretty damn good year, regardless of, of of the fact that it was Matt Castle throwing the ball. But I really do think that if Brady doesn't get hurt that season, um, you know, I, I mean, it really could have been interesting. It really, really could have been interesting. And look, I, I think, too, when you start looking at it and you start saying, oh, boy, like, you know, what could have happened here, right? Pittsburgh ends up making the Super Bowl they beat Arizona in the Super Bowl in, in, a, in a phenomenal game. Now, whether the Patriots would have made the Super Bowl or not, I don't know. And it's hard to even say because when you start looking around and you start saying like, okay, Baltimore crushed Miami in, in the first round. My, uh, Baltimore was a six seed. Miami was a three. They got smoked. And then San Diego beats Indy. Uh, they were the four and the five. And then Pittsburgh takes down San Diego. Baltimore takes down Tennessee. Tennessee was the one seed that year. And then Baltimore, of course, loses to Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. But but that right there, you start looking at it and saying, like, man, like what what could have happened that year? Right? Because yeah, the Patriots are there. And there's a lot of question marks, right? Because you go 18 and 0, then you lose in the in the in the Super Bowl. You obviously want to come back just as good, but there's a level of fatigue that's involved as well, right? And so does that then factor into it. So then you say, well, is it, is it not as good of a team, you know, not as good of a team as we thought. And so, you know, could they have, and they certainly could have lost in the first round. Who the heck knows? But man, that team, that team was still offensively. The firepower on that team was ridiculous. And, you know, Matt Castle, I think we saw through the course of his career was fine. He was fine, but he's not Tom Brady, you know? And then of course their ripple effects to Oh nine, because Brady comes back in Oh nine and he, you know, and he's not, quite there because he's still coming off the ACL and that team of course couldn't put it all together. And so like what ends up happening if, you know, they they're good in 08 and then 09 comes and, you know, does the day was Thomas not, you know, flake out because the Patriots were good in 08. Like, I don't know, you know, like those are all question marks that you don't know. And that's the, the that domino effect that kind of comes from Brady getting injured in 08. That's the biggest one to me, man. The, the what if that might be the biggest what if in Patriots history. Cause it's just like, 
to to be that good in 07 and then on the first drive, or maybe it was the second drive, but either way, the first quarter of the first game of the next season, Brady goes down, and now you're like, oh, my God. They were going to cut Matt Castle in camp. Matt Castle, they were like, this guy stinks. We need to cut this guy. And, you, and they didn't. I had a hockey game, um, literally probably like 150. I was really, yeah, I was 11 then. Um, I was stoked for the season. Obviously couldn't watch. I came out and I'm not even kidding, man. Everybody in the lobby was, it looked like everyone, like something tragic happened. My dad was like, yeah, Brady blew it. His knee's done. Like it just was like, what, you know, like, and then you get the news the next day and it sucked. And you mentioned firepower and I want to get to that now to the another, what if the second one we wanted to talk about, because talk about firepower was the two tight end set that Bill Belichick developed in uh, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Uh, if Rob Gronkowski does not get hurt in the 2011 AFC Championship game versus the Ravens, right? right. The Ravens right here? Yep. The yep. Ravens. Yep. Um, do the Patriots beat the Giants? I think yes. Hernandez was a beast in that game. That was his last ever touchdown. Um, right. I believe in the in the NFL. And if dude, like those two were unstoppable all year. I, I don't think I mean that. Those defenses the Giants had were loaded, and they won two Super Bowls solely because their defense, they could get to Brady, and they made things difficult for him in the pocket. Uh, but those two right there factor in um, the, oh, the guys yeah. they had around him, Welker, all those guys, like, man, like that team was loaded too. Well, they almost came back. And, uh, Hernandez did come back in 2012, by the way. He he got arrested after the 2012 season. Was it? Um, oh, dude, it was after yeah, he signed yeah. that big ticket, right? Or he played a year? Correct. Yeah, it was right after he signed yep. the big ticket. Yep. So, but... Um, you know, between the two of them, they scored 24 touchdowns, 24 receiving touchdowns between the two of them. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was just foolish, you know, um, what's Asi, Asi and Keen have some big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So her name, I mean, Hernandez had 910 receiving yards and seven touchdowns, right? Gronk obviously famously had 17 touchdowns that year, but like they were unstoppable. The two of them were completely unstoppable. And then the Super Bowl. Gronk was essentially a decoy. Like he was really essentially a decoy because, you know, he just, he didn't have it. He didn't have it. His, his, he ended up having surgery and everything. It was just, it was, it was rough. And, you know, if, if Gronk's healthy for that game, I don't know how you can look at it and say the Patriots lose it. Just that they lost by four points and really they lost by four points. They were winning the whole game and they blew it at the end. And so, you know, I can't imagine Gronk had two catches for 26 yards. He had two catches for 26 yards. Like, if Gronk is healthy, there's no way they lose that game. And so that's a frustrating one because because it's the Giants again. And you're like, man, they lost the Giants in 07. And they lose the Giants again in 11. And you're like, if Gronk had just been healthy for that game, they definitely win. 100%, I think they win that game. And and that's oh, it's so goddamn frustrating because they were, they were good in that year. And again, that defense was a joke. That 2011 defense was a joke. Julian Edelman was playing slot corner. Like that was Randall Gay and friggin' um, Sterling Moore and yep. Earthwind Moreland were playing corner. Like it was, it was a joke. That defense was a joke and they figured it out and they put it together and oh, to lose that game sucks, you know, but there is one more I want to talk about Go ahead. and it involves the giants again. Right, yep. Friggin' Brett Favre in the NFC championship game in 07. Uh, in overtime, the Packers get the ball in overtime, and he throws a pick to the friggin' Giants, and they win in overtime in that ridiculously cold game at Lambeau. 
And I am 100% convinced if the Patriots play the Green Bay Packers, they wipe the floor with the Packers in Super Bowl 42. I just think they had no shot. The Packers mentally, I think, are, you know, are weak. I think that uh, their defense was good enough where they could have capitalized on Favre. Young and coach, too. McCarthy wasn't there for a while. Yeah, McCarthy was there. And, and look, also, that defense was nowhere near what that Giants defense was. And I think that that's the biggest issue is that the Giants defense shut down the Patriots. There's no way the Packers defense would have been able to do that to the Patriots. And so I think that one to me where it's like Favre just, uh, you're like, you son of a bitch, Brett Favre. Like how the hell did that happen? You know? And so I think that that's a big one for me that people don't talk about a lot, but I think that is really, um, you know, really a fascinating one where it's just like, my God, like, you know, if they had just freaking, if, Brett Favre just doesn't throw that goddamn interception. The Patriots are looking at a 19-0 perfect season, and it's just, that's frustrating. You know, but they got three after that. And, and I said, too, after the Atlanta Super Bowl, um, like, it 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 put a Band-Aid over the, the wound of those two losses right. to um, the Giants, for sure. And then the Philly one was friggin' heartbreaking, too. Like, talk about that. Like, what if Malcolm Butler plays? Like, you could mm-hmm. do that one or... Right. You know, what if they get one more stop? Because that's really all they needed. What if they, right? Uh, Zach Ertz on that third down, they stop him there. They win that. Like yep. it's so many what ifs, right? I but mean, there's a million, one right? There's a million different things yeah. that you start looking at, and you're like, and that's you know, the beauty and of that's playing the in so many thing. big games. So many big games, right. you're gonna have so many of those moments. Well, when you start looking at the Patriots, right? They played Brady plays in nine Super Bowls, right, and goes six and three, obviously, but like he could have gone nine and zero. He also probably could have gone 0-9. I don't think that there's any universe in which they lose that game to the Eagles uh, in 39. But even still, he could have gone. He could have realistically gone 0-9 in those nine Super Bowls, which is crazy when you start looking at like how it ended up and what happened. And it's just so there's a million different ones where it's like you know what I mean, dude. What if William McGinnis doesn't get called for holding against uh, in the Rams Super Bowl? So Bucky Jones picked up the fumble and ran it back for a touchdown. It was a blowout. The Patriots yep. were blowing them out. It would have been the biggest story ever. Now, of course, they won anyways, but like it would have been a blowout. They would have killed the Rams, and everyone would have said they won by 20 points. What the hell happened? You know, it just and so that's the, some of that stuff where you start looking at it like, my goodness, there's so many things could have gone one way or the other. And of course, you know, it obviously hurts. We were more on the good side worse when than it's the, yeah. yep. negative, but that's it. Right. Yep. And and look. It's fun for us to do because, like you said, even even you know they lost the perfect season and they lose an eleven and you're like, it doesn't damn kill it. us. To talk like, hey, about it does, but it doesn't that so much. So whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right, right. You're not the Browns saying, "What if we didn't fumble at the goal line?" You know, and it's like, yeah. but yeah, that's the way it goes. So, anyways, that's all we got for today. I think um, we're gonna be back next week. We're looking at another position next week. We're not telling you what position it's gonna be. You'll find out next week. Uh, but you know, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And we're going to try to get some guests on as well. It's just us today, obviously, but we're going to try to get some guests on here and there as well. Uh, maybe not every week, but you know, sprinkled in just to, just to mix it up a little bit, you know, you're maybe a little tired of listening to just, just me and me and Spags talking. So I don't yeah. blame you to be honest with you. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I'd shut up too, you know? Yeah. So anyways, guys, thanks for coming along and, uh, and we'll talk to you next week.